outside the off stump. Oh, he's caught it! I don't believe it! Tom Kohler Cadmore has caught the most magnificent catch at short third man. It's the end of Daniel Sams, and Somerset have won the Vitality Blast 2023. They've bowled Essex out for 131. Hello there, Happy New Year. Despite it being the 12th of February, this is the first episode of Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, the Somerset Cricket Podcast of 2024. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson, and making his third appearance on uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life is Richard Bryce. I say third appearance. <laughs> this is our third go at, uh, of, at uh, trying to record this because for some reason I was getting some background noise and feedback on the recording. So, um... Richard, shall we pretend to talk about something that we haven't talked about before for the uh, for the last ten minutes? Um, I mean, you've uh, worn many hats at, uh, at Taunton over the years. Obviously, uh, you'll be most familiar to uh, the casual supporter at Somerset as the uh, chief executive slash uh, slightly grumpy faced store detective on T Twenty match days, uh, man in the door to the shop. But um, yeah, member director, were you directly involved in the? Appointment of Lewis Gregory as captain, which has uh, obviously uh, passed us by since we last recorded. It's been in the public domain for a long time now, especially since BBC Bristol Sport tweeted it out five minutes early, much to the frustration of the media team. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry, very much there. The that's all right, I was waffling. Go on. It's it sort of very much linked with the director of cricket and head coach who come forward with recommendations. Uh, and I think as a board, we were universally happy with the fact of, of Lewis being appointed. Big, big, big act to follow with Tom, who's been, you know, to become captain at 22 and stepped down at 29, done seven years um, and done an absolutely fantastic job as not only as captain of the, the cricket the cricket side out in the community as one of the nicest young men you'll ever wish to meet. Um, and the big thing I'll say with Tom, if you ask him to do something and he does it, he always comes back to you and says, what else can I do? And you think, you know, he's, and, you know, Lewis is great cricket brain, will be another top choice, I think, you know, with, with um, his vice captain in place as well. Um, obviously, during the latter part of the season, he, he won't be around because he'll be playing in the other competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, great choice, um, level-headed, you know, new new family behind him as well, little little baby. Um but no, good, good choice that we were all very much supportive of. When Ben Stokes was appointed England captain, Rob Key said that he wasn't the only choice, but he was the only choice. It very much feels like that with uh, with Lewis's appointment. Um, Steve, you were one of Tom Abel's biggest fans, if not the biggest fan. Um, I mean, we never yep. got to hear your reaction to his, his resignation. And uh, I guess what were your thoughts on, on Lewis's appointment? Well, obviously, you, you, you gutted that Tom's felt he needed to step down, but my immediate thought was A, he, he will be spared those heart-rending, having to talk to Gibbo, when he clearly was distraught after another bad performance. Steve, anyone's um, distraught when they got to talk to Gibbo, so it's not just Aves, <laughs> don't worry about that. Harsh, harsh. Um, and my other thought was, if he's going to concentrate on his batting, he will be a great lieutenant for the skipper, and he will, I hope, be able to focus I think that's probably it because he probably feels he wants to have a time in his career. You know, he's coming into the prime now as a championship batsman. My I equally love Lewis. I wrote something that 
um, they used on the website a couple of years ago about Lewis and how both Dad and I, from an early age, early stage of his career, thought he was just an outstanding young man and an outstanding cricketer. My only concern is his fitness, and I, that worries me slightly. And I hope that this is a sign that I'm, I'm going to always look on the bright side. And I'm hoping it's a sign that he has assured the brain's trust that he is going to be able to fit, be fit enough to play the majority of the championship games. Well, Jason Kerr did say at the Members' Day that one of the reasons for formally appointing Craig Overton as vice-captain is this acceptance that Lewis is not going to be fit or available for every championship game. So it's it's now there in set in stone that Craigo is vice-captain and if Lewis is unavailable, there's no speculation or whatever. Will it be Tom Abel coming back? Will they do it a short? It will just be, right, it's, it's got to be Craig. So we're still going to have the conversation when Lewis and, and Craig aren't available, which I hope will, <laughs> I hope will not be the case. But um, the, the good news yeah. about that is that either one or the other ought to be playing in every championship match. Yeah. You know, all other things being being equal. And that, that you know, that's a bit that's a big point because they're both match winning bowlers and we need them inside. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gibbo, I mean uh... Yeah, I'm a great admirer of Lewis Gregory, always have been. Um I think he's a brilliant captain. Very different style to uh, to Tom Abel. He's he's got a very cool head on his shoulders, he's more analytical, he doesn't dash around, not quite so hyperactive. As Tom, but he's clearly the man in charge. He's been he captain England under 19s years ago. He captains the Trent Rockets very successfully, and of course he, he captained brilliantly in the in the T20 Blast, mm. especially in the semi-final and and final, when a cool head above all was 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 needed. So I think he's a great choice. The only the only question mark obviously was his fitness, and uh, if the club are happy that that Craig Overson can deputise when. Lewis is rotated out of the uh, championship side, then I think it's a it's a, a, a very good decision. I was slightly surprised, I must say. I, I thought they might go Sean Dixon, possibly, you know, who captains pretty well in the 50-over competition. But um, all other things being equal, Lewis is, you know, he's, he's the man. He's, he's key player and he'll be a brilliant captain. Yeah, totally support that. Yeah, different style of captaincy as well. And I just wonder when Tom took over back in, or what was it? Yeah, 2017. We had it all 2016, 2017, whatever it was. Um, the side seemed a lot more mature. You, had, you know, Trez was still around. Um, you just, yeah, you know, it was a Hildy there, Trigo. You had a very more, much more mature side, which not, I don't want to say it took care of itself, but almost didn't need as much captaincy and I think with I don't know with Lewis coming along I think a bit more laissez-faire I, I don't know it's it, it, I think you can look at it in both ways if, if you took a look at Tom's early days with as you say you had three three big individuals still still in the side of which he had lots of people to talk to you know and Hildy another one who was a great 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 cricket brain Tom had you know somebody there to to bounce off and trails and trees you know, Lewis has been there through that period as well. So I think some of the stuff that he'll have picked up from those individuals will be will be outstanding for the future. Yeah, agreed. I yeah, I think it's... What am I trying to say without... <laughs> what am I trying to say? I'm going to try to say that 
um, it's almost that this side needs a bit more of. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll have a think about my words and I'll come back to it. This is what I should have been doing all day, by the way, trying to work, work out what I'm trying to say. I think, it, I think to cut your with it, it'll be a different style of leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, Lewis, Lewis is a very level-headed young man, as is Tom. But if you see Tom in the field, you ever look when somebody's out, a catch is taken, who, from wherever he's fielding, who's always the first person there? It is Tom, um, or has been Tom. And, you know, Lewis will be... Very, very good, but a slightly different style, which will be... He's got a, yeah. Lewis has yeah. got a sort of natural air of command about him. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's a very... You know, yeah. he's, he's a... He's a uh, it's a cliche, but he's a born leader. You know, and, and as as a captain, I think he'll bring the best out, out, out of his side, whether they're the more experienced players or, or, the, or the younger ones. And of course, it all has already had the desired effect on uh, Tom Abel's batting, scoring runs for fun in uh, in the SA20 Man of the Match in the final. Do you know who the Man of the Match was in Lassie's final? Another Somerset boy. Roll up, fans emerge. Absolutely, back to back player of the matches for Somerset boys in the SA20. So yeah, brilliant to see uh, Abel scoring uh, runs for fun uh, in, the, in the SA20, and it just underlined his credentials that he is a bloody good. T20 Pat, you know, he's not he a yeah. muscle and thunder over the ropes. He is just the precision and the ability to score of every ball. He's just a joy to watch. I, I was just disappointed that Mark Nicholas and Kevin Peterson weren't on commentary when he got the Man of the Match award. Yeah. <laughs> this time Whereas, last year, if you remember, Mark Nicholas didn't even know who Tom Abel was. didn't even know his name, Tom Abel. Tom Abel. Well, and yeah. Kevin Peterson had nothing good to say about either the, the, the Sunrisers Eastern Cape or Tom Abel when he I can't stand I would turn the turn the sound off shortly after he comes on commentary but I I, I heard enough to gather well, that he had he has no respect for Tom Abel whatsoever no. I do no not understand why people ever heard of him <laughs> they he was you flown heard, heard first I... class out to India to commentate on the test and then he was flown back. To South Africa to commentate on that bloody fighter. It's Kevin Peterson. He's the shittest commentator in the world. No. Nobody says love Kevin Peterson. Such insightful analysis of the uh, of the modern game. No, it's like oh fucking hell, get this twat off the radio again. All this. Yeah, don't, don't start me on that one. But the interesting one was if you heard AB de Villiers' comments about Tom Avery. Yes, I did. You, you wouldn't really have known Tom that well, saying what a fantastic yeah. player he was. Absolutely, that's, that's I did some compliment. That. Yeah. Well, they're very yeah. similar players, aren't they? Because AB was wristy sort of hockey player. I don't, I don't know if Tom has a hockey background, but he certainly looks yeah. the way he does. Oh, with, yes, yeah, yeah. Hockey, yeah, yeah. So they're very, very similar players. Um, in that yeah, respect, I mean, that's sad that AB De Villiers can make some fantastic comments about Tom, but some of our own who are involved in English cricket can't. Uh, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is a shame. Well, hopefully this will be uh, the springboard to to get in that uh, well-deserved England cap, which he was cruelly denied last year with that side strain uh, playing in the lives. Was it Sri Lanka yeah. who's played, and it was a Bangladesh tour he couldn't go on. Um, yeah, so Abel, Tom Abel, back in the ranks, and he's already scoring runs for fun. Um, Eleven minutes sixteen seconds. We need to get on to the probably the most momentous news. Somerset's youngest ever male England player, Shoa Bashir, was given his cap by Jack Leach last week, who uh, or a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, 
Leachy, who's uh, maintaining his uh, record as the most unlucky, the unluckiest cricketer in the history of uh, of first class cricket, uh, has probably done his knee and uh, had to fly home. So uh, all the best, Jack. And uh, certainly, I think you'll be. There's no danger of him not being ready for the uh, for April and the start of the uh, the county summer. So I hope that's. Uh, I hope we'll see Jack uh, taking the field down at Canterbury first game of the season. But what price would you have given me? This time last year, Shoa Bashir to have, uh, have won his first England cap and bowled very, very tightly as well. Mm. I don't think anybody saw, saw it coming, to be honest. But I understand that when he went out to the um, was either Abu Dhabi or the, the, the warm-ups, and the, he just worked so hard from you know talking to the lads out there to show what he can do. And he clearly impressed the selectors who were there. And he's been given an opportunity and what a way to take it you know you can't you can't write the script for that can you you know it was just absolutely fantastic yeah bolt from the blue I was yeah. very very surprised he got the call I've seen every ball that, that um, Shoa Bashir has bowled in either T20 or 50 over or first class cricket no, you haven't, because um, you didn't go to the Devon and Cornwall games, Gibbo. Like, I'm counting and that's those, not so. first class. No, first class. you said the 50 over games as well. <laughs> All right, yeah, go but, on, let um, you off, go on. <laughs> but um, I'm not surprised about how well he's done, having been selected, because he's got a good head on his, his shoulders. He's got a nice action. He puts it in the right place, ball after ball after ball. He lacks a bit of variety in, in flight. He varies his pace nicely, particularly in, in uh, white ball cricket. Um, and he's, but you know, he's he's justified so far. He's justified the selectors' faith in him. Mm. And good luck to him. But what you know, how, how rotten for poor old Jack Leach. You know, the, the luck that that bloke has. I don't know what he's what he's done to uh, to deserve it. But all of the you know misfortunes he's had during his cricket career. I'm sure he'll come back. As, as strong as ever, but must be a huge disappointment because, you know, in India he was he was virtually, all due respect to Jimmy Anderson, leading the attack. Yeah. He was going to play in every, every Test match, you know, on, on on spinners' wickets. He's got three youngsters to uh, to lead and show the way to, and now you know goes over in the field, does his knee, and that's the end of that. I just hope he's going to be fit for the start of our season and that we have him for the first seven championship games before the test matches start because uh, even in April and May he's a very important component in the Somerset attack yeah if he didn't have bad luck he'd have no luck at all would he <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> I mean I don't want to spin a negative on this but I have a little bit of a sense of Groundhog Day um with Shoa Bashir playing the role of Don Bess in that we are mm. going to have two international spinners and it's very, very hard to keep both of them happy unless mm. we are reverting back to Siderabad. Yeah, which we're not going to, I don't think. Good point. Yeah. He's yeah, not going to get in the side if Jack Leach is, is fit and available. Not in April and May. You're not going to play two spinners in April and May. No. Be tough to leave one of them out, though, wouldn't it? Two quality, two quality cricketers. Um, yeah. But it's it's happened to us in the past, as you rightly say. You know, it's you you pick you pick the side to 
to hopefully win the games. And we, we do often do struggle early season, so we've got to we've got to make sure we do pick the right side to, to pick up those points at Canterbury and I think Warwick, isn't it, on the first first game away? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I suppose nobody kind of saw Showab's the the speed of his of his rise to this kind of international prominence because when you know we signed him what back in well yeah about this time last year it would have been wouldn't it you know this real rookie young spinner yet to make his first class debut you think that he is an ideal profile as a guy to play back up to to Jack Leach he will play in the championship when Jack's uh, Jack's away with England he'll play in, in the second eleven and you know that will that's kind of his level now. You know, if we'd assigned you know, Liam Dawson to be number two to Jack Leach, you'd have gone, hold on a minute, that's that's absolute nonsense. What are you doing that for? But uh, yeah, he's now you know international bowler, and we're back to yeah, back to Leach and Bess again, which without side of bad, is going to be very very tricky to kind of keep him happy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you know, this is he he kind of knows this is a blip. He knows he's not England's first choice yet. I don't know. What's Liam Dawson done to upset the selectors? I mean, Liam Dawson is the best spinner in county cricket. He wasn't in the original side. Now Jack's come home. Why why haven't they called him out there? He must have done something. It does always seem that way in cricket, doesn't it? That, you know, some people don't seem to... They're quality individuals. You think, why why don't they get picked? Mm. And nobody seems to ever answer that question, do they? You, know, you, you can, if you go back over the years and years, if you look at quality cricketers, think, why haven't they played for England? You know, why haven't they been given that opportunity? James Hildes, uh, for example. Well, yeah, Hildes, that's the name Hildes, that was in my head. Hildes is a classic, and you know, it's very interesting. I know not to digress a little bit, but with Hildy, he'll always tell you that if you look at when he was in the form of his life, so were most other England batsmen. Whenever he seemed to have a dip in his own form was when there was an opportunity to play for England. He didn't get picked because he was he was in a dip. But then again, sometimes, um, even if somebody's in a dip, should you give them the opportunity? I personally think you should. Yeah. When he was in his peak, it was a very difficult England middle order to break into. It was sort of like, you know, was it Trot, you know, Bell, Peterson, would, Collingwood? Would, was... would Marks have ever played for him, ever played for him if he hadn't got that 160-odd against Glamorgan? No. <clears throat> Big question that. <clears throat> In front of the England, the future England coach, got picked and went from strength to strength. Oh, you said Marcus. I thought you said Marks. I was thinking, when no, did Marcus. Big Marks ever get 160? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> that was his career. That's knocking against Glamorgan when Fletcher was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, that, just right place, right time. Um, and you know, look look how that developed his career. Mind yeah. you, yeah. But, yeah, Duncan Fletcher had a lot to do with with Triscothic's subsequent success, though as well. Oh, of course he did. Oh. He was he was a much much better player after he came under Duncan Fletcher's influence. Yeah, and that's all I'm saying. I think if you look at that scenario, yeah. you've got those runs with him watching, and Duncan saw something very very special. Oh, he did exactly, yeah. and then made the most of it. My, my take on Shoaib is, though, that there's, there's got to be a dividend for us coming back because if he, he's going to play probably another three tests, isn't he? It's likely now with Leachiat that he's going to play those games. Even if he doesn't have great games, coming back then to play in the championship has got to do his confidence a heck of a lot of good because, you know, and that, 
that to me is you you maybe have to look at the option of playing both of them. Um, and not necessarily, I know yeah. you're going to go, yeah, you're mad not to play a spinning wicket and then pick the two of them. But you said earlier, Chef, and I've seen it so many times, Jack Leach bowling early in the season and bowling so well. Hmm. You know, there's an argument, isn't there, for if you have got two international bowlers, you pick them. Yeah. And, mm. you know, but, but then you can say second season syndrome might kick him. And how many championship games did he play last year? Four, Four. five? Four, yeah. Four, Four I think. Yeah. Mm. So good, good luck to the fellow. You know, I'm absolutely delighted for him. We, how many times have we said, you know, Hildy and various other people, Trigo should have played one day internationals for England. Yada, yada, yada. And now we've got another young lad who's, you know, in, in the reckoning and, Wow, what, you know, wouldn't I love to be his age, already playing for England? We all love to be his age. Ahead of stop, me. Steve. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. carry on. yeah, I'm glad his visa nonsense got sorted out as well. That was um, it got it got quite charged on social media with uh, you know, people, probably myself included, beefing it up to levels of the of the Basil Dolivera days, but. Uh, yeah, it, well, it was all sorted in the end, but just doesn't quite sit right because he probably would have played in that first match. Yeah, if uh, you know, if he was there, which it just all seemed rather. Uh, it was a rather sour taste in the mouth, but uh, yeah, I'm just what I was sat in the back of my mind that is he you know, being a Pakistani heritage, and then all this being built up that he would, you know start um, become public enemy number one of that England sign and a kind of a, a focal point which hasn't happened a focal point for Indian fans abuse and it hasn't happened so I'm, I'm absolutely over the move for that he does seem to be doing rather well so best of luck Bash for the uh, well, the was it Thursday it kicks off now doesn't it, it? Uh, yep the, the third test um, the members day was uh, well, it's about a month ago now it shows how long it's been before we've uh, since we've done one of these Gibbo, as I'm sure you spoke to Spencer about the Walkers and Talkers event that you were uh, you were present at the other day. Apparently, you're, it's Groundhog Day again. You're having a new commentary box. Apparently, it's you know all being sorted. Absolutely, it was. It was. I very much enjoyed the Walkers and Talkers. We had a very good crowd. Best part of 100 people there. And um, yeah, we've got a, a new commentary box. What uh, what used to be the scorers box. So next to uh, our original commentary box, so the scorers, I understand it, are going in the um, control, um, oh, the control room, the operations room, on top of the top top right hand side of the both and stand oh, as you look yeah. at it. Just just above where um, that old mini scoreboard used to be. That's it. That's ah. it. Yeah. So um, yeah. So looking forward to it. So I'm not going to be able to say hello to Polly when I nip up for a free coffee in the press box. No, oh, I mean, dear. that's the downside of it, but she was far <laughs> enough away from me down in the porter cabin anyway, so. <laughs> and she always used to, uh, yeah, she would just put a post-it note up against the window saying floodlights 7pm or, or some some such. So, yeah. uh, well, I'm sure she'll be on the walkie-talkie. So, well, that's good news. Happy with that. Um, yeah, the walkers and talkers is a great event. If you don't know what it is, um, is it every second Thursday? Is it something like that? I can't remember now. Every second Tuesday. Every second Tuesday, yeah. have a guest speaker and a chat and a coffee and a catch up down at the ground. So have a look at the uh, the Somerset social media 
for that one. One thing from the Members Day, Jason Kerr teased a second overseas signing. Now that was the best part of a month ago now. I think it was the 15th of January. We've not had anything announced yet, so... I just wonder and there's nothing to announce yet. Oh. Are you able to give us, give us any... Uh, no, I can't give you any real insight. I think the, the biggest problem you've got is that if you think there's the, the 2020 World Cup in the Caribbean in June, and I would think an awful lot of players are thinking, mm, I'm not going to commit myself to overseas, but I'm not going to commit to something because I might be in with a sniff of that. I mean, whilst they would be released for it, I think that's why, that's my personal view, why we're, we're struggling a little bit. So they're not going to risk pulling a fat lot. No. Slogging against no. that on the, in a, in the county game in April and May when they got the, the World Cup, which is fair enough, but. That's but, my, that's my personal opinion. But they're really all going to be doing it in the IPL for mega money, so it's. But that's only four like overs every Usman, two days. Usman Kawaja would be my choice. Usman Kawaja? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, good player. Not David Warner? He's, he'd be available. We can't afford the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> we need someone. We need someone to stiffen the top order in the county championship, particularly early yeah. season. Just a well, solid, was, the solid, Dean Elder name was circulating for quite a while, wasn't it? Well, it was confirmed in South African media. They were they were all yeah. over it. They were yeah, he's got a captain. Summer well, that's, where yeah, that's where it started. Yeah, that's started. where it started. That's where it started. Sean Pollock on commentary saying that Dean Elgar was going to Somerset when I don't think he, he ever was. I think Sean Pollock just got Essex mixed up with Somerset. That's <laughs> all it was. <laughs> How on earth could you do that? Properly <laughs> sued, apparently. Well, I'd bloody <laughs> sue as well. Oh, they showed him on the TV, didn't they? Was, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, bloody pink bloody Our unofficial nemesis. Did we agree to have him back on this year for the S? Yes, we did. Oh. Yes, we did. All right yeah. then. Just for the, for the minutes, I wasn't part of that decision. <laughs> I don't think there was a decision. I think he just be just sheer force of. Can I come on, check and I just wither and say, "Go on then, Don," and then what? What hour long did we do when he was on? An hour and fifty? I just split it into yeah, two parts. Oh, sorry, listener. Sorry, listener. Oh dear, what's next on the agenda? Andy Mead is in the uh, Scotland squad for their uh, matches in uh, uh, match in the Emirates. Josh Davey is not. Um, no. I don't know whether he's is he retired from international cricket or is he just saying no thanks for this one or or just not no, selected? Getting on a bit. Getting on. I, a think bit, the, I, think. I always think the amazing success of the Scottish side has been the lad who played for us a few years ago, Michael Leask. Yeah, he's. Well, Leask has just been amazing for Scotland. He's not attached to anyone at the first-class county at the moment, is he? He's just no, no, no. He um he came and played at, at my club in in Taunton when he was first played for Somerset. Um, he got sort of you know he he did a lot for us, but you never saw anything to to really see what he's turned and done for Scotland, which has been absolutely fantastic for him. Yeah, I don't like that. I think Gibbo's gone off to the toilet. Is that does that look like a Portuguese door to you? I'm not sure. Is Gibbo's in Langport? Or Port uh, I don't Port think. Right? I think that's Langport Towers. Ah, right. uh, James Rue and uh, Casey Aldridge have been out in the uh, with the Lions uh, out in India playing those unofficial test matches. They both like, well, Casey Aldridge didn't play in either of the tests. 
Uh, and James Rue, by the lofty standards he set last year, has had a pretty quiet three games. Uh, top score of 56, yeah. uh, not out um, in those three games. The boys are in Sri Lanka at the moment. Um, cover it, it seemed quite um, keen to point out that only certain members of the first team squad have, have gone. I don't know whether that's because all half of them are out playing. Um, in you know, like Tom Abel's in the SA20, obviously. Jack Leach and Sherbyshire would have been in the England squad. Um, are they going out to Abu Dhabi as well then, or is this? Yeah, yeah. There's not there's not that many gone out to Sri Lanka to be honest. Um, I think more have gone. Quite a lot of support for the, the young lads who are out there. The academy boys are out there, so it's good to have some some first team players around them. And then they go out for a full full pre season um, in March out to Abu Dhabi, where the hopefully the whole the whole squad will be pretty much back. Uh, and we'll all go out because the boys will be back from Sri Lanka. The boys will be back from, I think George Thomas is playing out at Fremantle. Um, I'm not sure where they are, but there's a few out dotted around the world. Um, we'll all be back for March for pre-season, then a bit of sunshine in Abu Dhabi, and on to the first games in in April. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, one thing we did talk about. Um, Previously, Richard, on, a, on one of the recordings that knackered up is your current role as a, as a member director. So, do you want to quickly let yeah. us know what um, uh, what that kind of entails, and um, if people need well, to get I'm, in touch with you to air their grievances, how they can? Yeah, do absolutely. That? And if if they if people have issues, they can go onto the the website, and under the membership section, you can scroll down, and there's there's a member director's uh, email address. So basically, so that lots of queries can come through there. The point is, I think, for members to have a, a point of contact. I think they quite often feel that they go on match days, the executive are extremely busy, as is everybody, but it's something to, to voice, you know, an opinion to, to try and then take it, feed it back up to the executive. But the role of the member director is just not members. It's you're, you're a member of the, of the, the 10 strong board um, to hopefully lead the club forward as well. But our role is we're elected by the members, whereas the, the four other members like the chairman are, are appointed by the AGM, as we all are to a certain extent. But it's it's a role to be there for members. Yeah, the AGM is on what is it, May the 29th at seven thirty PM. So pop that yes. in your diary. And then you can vote for it. Are you voted in are you secure for this term? Have you got to put yourself up for re election? No, not for basically long story short, I think I said to you earlier when we were trying to record things, is that <laughs> myself, Jeff Vane and Chrissy Brewer were elected for the first year under Michael's regime. And then AGM last year, we all three were, I think there were about nine or ten who put in for the role, but us three were all re-elected, uh, of which Chrissy and myself have a three-year term and Jeff has a two-year term. So after this AGM, I have two more years to go. Jeff has one, but can apply for re-election. Uh, and Chrissy has two, same as me. So... Two more years. <laughs> Two um, more years before you can officially yeah, retire. Yeah, well, perhaps it's about time to retire. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ground will be the same without you, Richard. Thank you. You have got. I think it, it is. I say, but if you're sat in the Somerset stand, you can just tell it's you walking. You've got a very distinctive, like when you're kind of hustling between the Truscoffic stand and, and the shop. You can, that's definitely Richard. Even just a well, silhouette, you can tell it's you. I, I always try, and it's something, and Anthony may want to remember this, that Guy Lavender in particular, um, when he was there with, with Sally Donoghue as his number two, would always do 
two or three laps of the ground. And I try and do a similar type of thing. I pop into some of the boxes to just to talk to people, just as, just as, as a member director, you're there. Um, and I think, I think that's important for, to be visible. Um, so that's why I'm hustling between those doing my 15,000 steps on a match day. <laughs> you're not just popping in for a drink in one and then a drink in another one and then a drink in another one. No, 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 no. I to be honest, I, I never have a drink till after the close of play. Sometimes you think you might have one midday, but no. Yeah. Oh, Close the play, sit down and have a glass of wine. Oh, excellent. And you've been doing a bit of a sponsored bike ride as well for uh, uh, for charity. Do you want to let us know about that? Uh, that yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, if you... I don't know how many people who are on here listening know Joe Mason, who's been a steward at the ground for many, many years. Joe was a retired headmaster, long room steward, top steward for many years. Um, is sitting on one of the committees which I sit on at the ground. And Joe is actually doing, I think, 1,400 lengths of his local swimming pool to equate to the English Channel. And I, I made a, a stupid comment, no, a very sensible comment at one meet. I'll tell you what, Joe, while you're doing that, I'll cycle from our Devon store to our Mountbatten nursing home in Taunton and then down to the ground. And we've raised just short of £2,000 so far. Bit of fun. Joe's halfway through his swim. I've completed my static bike ride. And then just got a couple of miles to do down to the ground one day next week to meet up with Joe. So it's been a bit of fun. Real yeah, good fun. Well done. Okay. Good. And if you want to want the link to sponsor that one, I'll just see if I can find it on your Twitter. Is it on your Twitter, Richard? Or uh, That's far too technical for me. I'll let me have a look on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having a look now. I'll just see if I can find you. It's, uh, it's a just getting page set up. Um, so if anybody wants to donate, they're... Would be right. lovely just the... All right. Well, have a look at. Uh, I'll uh, I'll do my best to find it and, and put it out on our Twitter feed. So if you do, uh... I'll, pick it over, I'll pick it over to your phone, Ian. Oh, now we're getting technical, and I'm going to have to. Oh. Right. Well, I'll make sure. I think it's I'll fair look... to say Richard's not after Ben Warren's job for the next year or two. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And there's yeah. a very clever young man as well. Yeah, Ben was on good form on the members' day, doing the tours of the uh, of the media centres and uh, uh, and uh, showing around his pride and joy's live stream suite, the Ben Warren, the Ben Warren suite. So, yeah, just just one thing good. to put you you asked me earlier about some um, member directors and what we're trying to do. Just to float in the idea is one thing that's always happened over the years, like members' lunches and things have always been done at the county ground. We've never gone out around the region, so we're working on a, a program to start getting some events out round, you know, to do something in Bath, do something in Yeovil, do something down in Devon. So members from those areas can come along to a, a coffee morning or something similar to the members' lunches in Taunton, but out round the region. So you don't have to come up from Plymouth. So just watch this space on that. Sounds very good. And you have, of course, got a new boss as well. Richard, who will be uh, who will be starting? Uh, I think end end of April sometime is when Jamie's uh, due to take over. Gordon was saying at the members' day. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I've got to say I was involved in the early interview process, and he was very impressive. Not only as obviously his, his cricket cricket career, but also what he's business wise since he's left, been involved in cricket and football in Australia. Uh, interviewed. And was a very, very strong candidate, and hence why he was he was offered the job. Um, I think also having probably worked under Guy Lavender for the last two or three years at Lords, <laughs> um, we'll do him we'll do him good. Um, yeah, 
strong, strong, strong candidate, and looking forward to uh, to working alongside him. He's already taken a keen interest as well in mm. the club. Follows me on Twitter, and yeah, and, yeah. Um, he's just I didn't, liked I didn't tweet. Some say cricket even music. before his sort of appointment was announced, he suddenly started to follow an awful lot of people on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> follows us as well, yeah. likes our tweets. And of course, there was a great panic, wasn't there? Because he was um, appointed as a non-direct, non-exec director of Cricket Scotland. Um, and everyone was suddenly starting to panic. I was getting phone calls saying, well, I thought, you know, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, But that was a non-exec role. I don't know the, the outcome of that now, but he will be, I believe, a quality candidate. Excited for the start of the season even no. more now. Oh, God. I mean, Kibo, you tweeted out... It spine is the, tingling. You tweeted out, it is the year of the dragon, after all. Yeah. I mean, it, one it of my, mo, my most badgerous, this bored moments in my lunch hour the other day, I looked up whatever they're called, the Articles of Association of the Mutually Beneficial Society of Somerset County Cricket Club Limited. And it does say it's a wyvern. Yeah. But it's it not a wyvern, no, is it? No, no, stop. Come on, happy new year. Happy new year, <laughs> same old, same old. So that's got to be number one in uh, in uh, Mr. Cox's intro. We'll sort out that little nonsense. But go back, it is, it is the year of the dragon. If you follow us on Twitter, I've been messing about with uh, AI and I've devised this incredibly muscular ferocious dragon that is has murdered an eagle eagle for some reason not sure who that's um represented but yes year of the dragon is it an omen and that's leading me in to say how do you think we are going to do a good omen yep to, to get on the right side of the terry pratchett series a good <laughs> omen we've got a tough start yeah in the championship yeah anthony you say that every year and i'm not dissing what you say but you do, I think, pretty well the last three years we've been doing this podcast. You've always said that. A, we have had a tough start the last three years. <laughs> we haven't done very well. well we always seem to games. lose our first three games. That's the trouble. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But, you know, if we can win, win two, out, two out of the first three and get us off to a good start, that'll, that'll yeah. put us in good stead. But we, mean, do, we do seem to have a slow start. We always, always have. Kent away is a winnable game. And actually, I'm... I'm quite glad that we got Surrey early because if we can beat them and beat them second game early on in the season when traditionally we've been bloody awful that'll send out a nice little message to the rest of the Division 1 I love it'll, your it'll thinking put us, it'll put us you know put well, us we were in the first or second a couple of years ago we were in a winning position at the Oval yeah 
We yeah, certainly yeah. were. Yeah. Abel got 150 in the first innings, and we were going well in the second innings when he got himself out. And then there was a, a mini El collapse. Yeah. yeah, I think if you're going to win, win a championship, you've got to win a championship. It's not about trying to look at the fixtures and plot a nice, easy way and think, oh, we'll get a joy. Look at two games and think, right, win at Canterbury, win at the Oval. Send a big message out, big statement out to the rest of Division 1, and then we'll just be top and we'll stay top for the rest of the season. Leach seven for twenty-four, Bashir eleven for sixty-two in the match. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? But you oh, heard it here in, first. In all seriousness, I, I, you know, if we come away with a win and a draw in whatever combination from those two games, I'll take that. Yeah, we'll take that, and I think that'll set us up really nicely for the for the rest of the season. And then we've got Knots at home, who will be without Jake Ball, of course. Who is, who is now with us so there's no mm-hmm. uh, he'll be motivated to perform against his other his old club mm-hmm. I think he's on the upward curve out of his of his little slump that he's had for the last couple of seasons but realistically I don't know we've got a new captain bounce Tom Abel's all the signs are looking good with Tom's form he's been freed from the shackles of captaincy Lewis Gregory enthused having his first go as, as full-time Usman Khawaj will get an unbeaten double hundred at the Oval. I <laughs> Hopefully he's yeah. playing for us, Steve. We, uh, we yeah, yeah. yeah. Not been well, that, I, like. I was hoping you were listening earlier, Shep, when I said that. I did. Yeah, I was listening to that, but it's with, with Dean Elgar, <laughs> the whole Dean Elgar business, it's just a little bit, uh, little bit up in the air. I don't know. I think top three is achievable, definitely, in the championship. Yeah, don't know whether it would be good. It's always that being contention when you start the last four group of four three games in September, isn't it? And then, you know, who knows? And when we have been recently, we haven't done so well in those last few games, and more recently, (laughs) we haven't been in contention at that point. So. That's that's got to be the objective, really, to make sure we we get to that point of the season, and then who knows from there. Consistency. That's what we need. Consistency. You've got the words right out of my mouth there, Anthony. We've got to be consistent. Uh, I think it, as a as a batting unit, if the top six can be consistent, it'll make a massive, massive difference. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's a big season for for some of the players. You know. Um, We've had some inconsistency. We, we want consistency and, and regular, you know, performances. Well, yeah. <clears throat> we've got to see some runs from Sean Dixon. Sean Dixon, yeah. yeah. We've got to see Tom Lemon be um, convert back to his twenty twenty result. You know, consistently. He just more looks. Tom Lemon just looks such a good player, doesn't he? And then uh, just gets out. Um, It'd be good to see either or both Tom Lennon, uh, Tom Banson and uh, Lewis Goldsworthy in the middle order. Yeah, obviously TKC being at the IPL for April. Yeah, good stuff. TKC, the man who probably had the worst big bash career of any overseas player in the history of the competition, I think, that's him. It was just, I felt so sorry for him. It really was. Best thing, quickly, the best thing to come out of the Big Bash was Tom Curran getting uh, sanctioned, though, wasn't it? I did, I did enjoy that quite a lot. I know, the best thing was the absolute goober that he dropped a couple of days afterwards. Did you see that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, we love our Tom, don't we? Oh, Tom, peasant boy, Karen. Um, so what do you reckon them? Third, fourth, first, second? Second. 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 Second or sixth what? used to be our... Second, if two. we get Kawaja first. Not <laughs> <laughs> three. Not three. I'd, I'd settle for staying up. Oh, Gibbo. <laughs> <laughs> really what's the title afford... of this podcast, Gibbo? Oh, I don't know. With, with the whole cricket, county cricket world in flux, we cannot afford to go down to Division 2. We really yeah, can't. And, and, not, and not, to be, not to be negative, that is, that's a very important point that Anthony's just made. Yeah. You've got to main top flight status. Um, that is so, so, so important. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Would you know the easiest way to do that is Rich is to win the county championship? Well, there you go. Yeah. It'll have to be a and fucking hell of a points deduction to relegate us then, wouldn't it? I'm sure they'd find something. They'd probably count Jamie Cox as an extra overseas player or something and, and find <laughs> us for that. So, so I don't, I don't know. Um, Obviously, we've got to retain the blast. I think that group of players, with or without whatever overseas, they got. I know Matt Henry was absolutely fantastic leading wicket-taker in the competition, but I just think the experience that they got of just performing under pressure, winning games from the full spectrum of positions, you know, chasing big totals, defending small totals, uh, and everything in between has, has stood that, that side you, of good you just, the, you just hit the nail on the head there, Ian defending small totals at times you know which was just as incredible to watch you actually looked at finals day you know and i think we were just a team which some of the other sides weren't teams you had 11 players all pulling for each other which if you looked at some of the other counties it didn't appear that was the same and you just had 11 lads out on the field they're saying we're going to win this there was always a story Keith Parsons tells from the 2005, um, 2020, that with Graham Smith leading the side, you know, Graham said, when he went out to bat, I'm winning for the, I'm winning this for you boys today because I want to win it for you boys. And what did he do? Got 60 odd not out, I think. And, but of course, he only hit the winning runs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bit that just gets replayed all the time, isn't it? <laughs> What about this? What about Will Sutherland then? What what sort of um, part do you think he's going to play? Our new Australian all-rounder who who looks remarkably to me like Craig Overton. <laughs> oh, I've not I've not seen much of him to be honest. I mean, they've obviously he was playing in the Big Bash for yeah. I can't remember who he was, but he's a he's about six foot five inches tall. Gates, I think. Yes, he was. Yeah. I mean, he... I'm assuming I know Andy and Jason have done their homework on him. He looks a good player. Um, the only time it'll tell is when he's here, and I think he'll take part in pretty much most forms of, of the game. Uh, he can certainly bat. He can certainly bowl. Let's, let's, time will tell, won't it? But he's rumoured to be in the conversation for the Australian T20 side. Yeah. Is that highly thought of? I think he's one of those people who's going to end up as a lower sort of sit batting about six and bowling a bit from what listening to the commentators on the bash and reading about him in the shield games so you know and worryingly he did have a bit of an injury which kept him out of the last couple of big oh, bash no. games yeah. <laughs> it's the thing that seems to blight us all the time isn't it injury we just sort of get settled and then somebody 
gets injured or yeah. the wrong time. Yeah. Right, guys, I'm going to have to sign off, I'm afraid. Oh, well, time is beating me this evening. You cook it tonight, Steve. Rescue my supper. Oh, all right. Too. Good to see you all. Yeah, good yeah. to see you all. We'll, yeah, soon. we'll catch up soon. Uh, thanks for persevering with the technical difficulties. But it uh, has kept us down to under 50 minutes, which I think is a modern era, always looking at the bright side of life record. So uh, I'm sure the listeners will be thankful for that. Um, brilliant stuff. Okay, guys, thanks very much. Uh, we'll catch up with Thank you, you next time.